Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's Gagan Present, it's a winter pause recap slash goodbye to 2020. There's sweeping changes at Mainz, a new boss for Schalke, Stuttgart and Union Berlin get all the plaudits, where next for Thomas Tuchel, and of course, your questions. That's all coming up in the next 35 minutes on Gagan Present, the Bundesliga podcast. Ich war seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing. The Bundesliga podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. And joining me, as always, is Manuel Veth. Manu, how has your festive period been? Very nice and relaxing. I'm I'm essentially on a two-week two-week holiday, Bryce. So yeah, it's been it's been nice. I've been doing other things, um, not watching any football, just hanging out at home, riding my bike, watching some world juniors, and that's about it. How about you? How was your Christmas? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah, we're all stuck indoors over here in London, but yeah, we've made the most of it, I think. Plenty of eating and drinking and hey, that's what it's all about, really. And well, watching a bit of football as well, just not German football, I suppose, which, you know, you have to substitute some things, don't you? But uh, joining Manu and myself, as always, is Chris Williams. Chris, how has this period been for you? Um, it's been okay. Thanks, Bryce. Just, you know, been watching a little bit of football. Finished on Christmas Eve, was back on it. 27th, was going to watch a match yesterday, but it was cancelled. So I just ended up doing nothing because my internet went off. I had to read a book. Not so good, Chris. Nobody wants their internet down over Christmas, do they? Well, here we are. We're back uh, with a mid-season podcast for you, the Bundesliga. And I suppose the best place to start will be with Mainz. Second from bottom, Mainz not been a great season so far. Only six points on the board and there's been a sacking. Yes, head coach Jan Moritz Lichter has been relieved of his duty. Manu, this comes... Not so much of a surprise, I suppose. The biggest surprise is that he's only been in the job since September. Uh, who's going to come in and replace him, or what should Mainz do going forward now? Well, it's been a bit more than just the head coach, Bryce. It's been the entire, you know, the entire decision making. All the decision makers have basically um, been reshuffled. Um, you know, starting with Ruven Schröder, the, the director of sport, he's gone as well, um, left by mutual consent. I always, I always love that term, left by mutual consent. We all know what really happened, right? But yeah, he's gone. And um, yeah, Lichte as a consequence is gone as well because um, Mainz have brought back Christian Heidel, right? The long-serving sporting director of the club who has uh, guided the club from the, the lower reaches of German football all the way to the Bundesliga, went to Schalke. We all know what happened there. And then, um, you know, he brought in Martin Schmidt as a sporting director as well. So there has been a huge reshuffle. They're still looking for a coach. And it looks like that coach could be Bo Svensson, um, who's currently at Liefering. He was previously with the um, youth setup at Mainz. Um, Schalke, uh, sorry, Mainz did sell him to Liefering for 1.5 million euros. But apparently there's a buyback clause for the same price. So they're negotiating right now, trying to make that work. 
it's it's been a big reshuffle for them. But you know, maybe Chris, you know, you like Mainz. Mainz is one of the clubs that you have followed quite closely. Really, the only thing that's saving them right now a little bit is the fact that Schalke are even worse, right? Yeah, it is. We've seen a couple of instances of this in the past couple of seasons where teams just about survive because the ones below them are even in a worse state. I mean, if you think back how poor Darmstadt were, Cologne, a couple of seasons back, um, Schalke are just horrendous at the minute. And that's why I think the, the teams above them are, are getting off a little bit easier. But yeah, this is no surprise to me. Lichter looked almost depressed the last time I saw him on the very last match day. He spoke to the press after the game, um, which they lost, of course. And he looked an empty shell. He, his eyes were sunken. He was staring. He looked like a man who hadn't slept properly. Um, and you do feel genuinely sorry for people when they get to that state. I think it was a big ask for him to to take that step up very good assistant. I know assistants make good managers, but it's not always, or head coaches, it's not always the case. I think it was a big ask for him and he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders and it told in the end. And I hope now he gets the rest and the break and, and the reset that he needs because yeah, he, he didn't look um, he didn't look well at all last time I saw him. So Manu, you mentioned that there's lots of staff changes. Do you think that the quality on the field uh, is a bit of a factor for Mainz as well? Yeah, I, I mean, you're not down there by mistake right uh, and it's match day 13 chris always says match day 10 is is the magic number right when you can sort of see where clubs are lining up um what the quality of of the teams is like and i i think with minds we had them we had them down there uh, at the beginning of the season i think that the writing has been on the wall for them for quite some time um staff changes christian heidel i mean he's coming back um he's essentially director of sport, Martin Schmidt, um, sporting director. Those are two personalities that were at Mainz before, had success at Mainz before. I don't know if they're going to be able to really reinvent the club, right? This is always always something that is difficult when you have already come in um, or been there and then coming back. And coming back is often, comebacks usually are not a great thing for coaches and um, and staff. So I think they Mainz, in my opinion, are in huge trouble. And I had them earmarked as potentially going down um, ahead of the season. I, and I'm not going to change my opinion on that. I think they're still the number two candidate to go down for me this year. Yeah, we'll just have to see if Mainz can pull themselves out of this uh, rather bleak situation. Only time will tell. But it's about time we moved on to the other team that are struggling. And in fact, we just mentioned or even a worse situation. Fabian Close had a fair bit of time there. Sits towards him again. Here he is! And he's taken his moment! And Schalke undone by another header, just as they were against Freiburg in midweek. Yes, that's Schalke. So Schalke have now announced that they're going to get a new head coach as well. Chris, um, Christian Gross, that's a name that we'd know over where you and I live, um, associated with a rather poor time at Spurs. Um, how should the Schalke fans feel about this appointment? Well, he was greeted on his um, arrival uh, with one Schalke fan shouting that he was a football god and he hopes that he can save um, the club. Now, whether he can or not is a different matter. He's... Um, yeah, he's well known for his time, I suppose, at Tottenham. Um, of course, he's worked at Stuttgart as well. But he's been out of European football for some time. Um, 
has he got what it takes to save Schalke? I'm genuinely not sure anybody's got what it takes to save Schalke outside of maybe Hansi Flick, Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, maybe Thomas Tuchel. He's jobless now. Maybe he could have come in and saved Schalke. I... I think now they should be prepping for life in Bundesliga 2. I know when we did this podcast last time, we said maybe they should be aiming for that um, relegation playoff slot, but they're so far off it now, um, points-wise as well as as performance-wise. I mean, they're already six points adrift and we're midway. I think you could probably take them maybe 10 points by the end of the season, I think, on current form. Um I think he needs to come in and stabilise the club, get a few wins here or there. And it's an old cliche, Bryce, but take one game as it comes. But for me, I think now Schalke need to plan for life in the second league. Yeah, and I would actually go along with that, Chris. And I, I look at this squad right now, um, I have it in front of me, and it just feels like there isn't that much quality there. You know, it's it's very thin. And then um, you hear rumours like, Ozan Kabak could be sold in the winter. Um, then there has been, I, just before we went on this podcast, there's rumors linking um, Watford and Bournemouth with, uh, with a transfer for Robbie Matondo. Granted, he hasn't been fantastic there, but, um, you know, it's not like the side has a ton of quality. So you are essentially at the winter break. You have four points. Um, granted, this is not match day 17, it's match day 13. But still, you, you're very short on points. You have a new manager and the substance in the squad isn't quite there. And you're actually talking about thinning it out even more. This, for me, screams relegation. And it's going to be very difficult to even bring in the players necessary to come back right away. Yeah, I think that's that the, the problem they've got with their squad is they do have some very talented individuals. But if I'm one of those talented individuals, like just take anyone um, like Salif Sane, I'm now thinking, how can I get out of here in the winter? Because I don't want to be relegated as a player. I doesn't want to go through that turmoil of having to play out the season. And you're right, there's <laughs> there's just a ton of people. Rabi Matondo would, I think, jump at the chance to move back to the UK, um, even in, in the state it's in at the moment. Uh, Ozan Kabak is well-wanted by Liverpool, well-wanted by AC Milan. Um, there's there's teams who are going to go out for it. And I think Schalke might have an eye now on if we're going to get relegated, we're going to lose a lot of money. So how do we compensate for that? We have to sell some of our best players or some of our players who will bring in the most money for us to survive. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them have an exodus in the next 12 months, especially if they go down. They'll have to sell. It'll be a fire sale almost. And then how are they ever going to get back out? Because we know how competitive the second league is. If they sell their best players for financial reasons, then I don't think we'll see Schalke for a very long time. Manu, if we just go back to uh, Christian Gross uh, for a little second before we move on. He's managed in the Bundesliga previously, hasn't he? He was Stuttgart. Um, How did that time go? Obviously, Chris and I mentioned time at Spurs didn't go very well. Yeah, that was at the time in Stuttgart when they would fire a head coach about five or six match days into the season and then repeat the process the, the following year. And um, Christian Groß was one of those managers. He came in and um, stabilized the club, um, had had a, full, had, had a full summer break and then a few match days and then was let go. Um, you know, his point average of 1.86 is actually pretty good. 
But um, I do remember that at the time when he was brought and he was a really highly sought after manager because he was very successful at Basel previously, right? And in Switzerland and sort of um, fixed the reputation, his broken reputation from Spurs because, you know, he was in Spurs in the 90s and that went very poorly and then went to Basel where he was extremely successful, managed there for 479 games. And then this this one period in Stuttgart. And then he kind of sort of tried to repair it all back, going back to Switzerland. That didn't quite work out. And it's been so many years in in the Middle East, uh, mostly in, in Saudi and Egypt. So it's Bundesliga time. It was kind of, it was successful, but it was success it in terms of Stuttgart being bigger than they thought, or they thought they were bigger than they were, and they couldn't quite get the results that they thought were getting, and he was actually getting the results that probably he was supposed to get with the squad, right? It's one of those situations. So, yeah, I mean, this is 10 years ago, Bryce. I mean, that is a long time in football. So, um, even though I think his time in Stuttgart was pretty successful, I don't know if that translates into where the Bundesliga is right now. And another very long time is since Schalke managed to win a Bundesliga game. We're going to have to see if uh, Christian Gross can change their fortune. Moving on to another coach now, former Borussia Dortmund head coach Thomas Tuchel has been fired by Paris Saint-Germain. So Chris, uh, let's talk a little bit about Tuchel. What type of coach is he and do we see a possible return to the Bundesliga? Well, he's a sacked coach. Um, he's he's a coach that doesn't get on with the owners or the the hierarchy of clubs, and unfortunately, that's got him into hot water a little bit. Um, he was certainly had his troubled times at Dortmund. Didn't get on with the hierarchy. He's gone over to PSG. Similar sort of thing. Uh, I think the writing's been on the wall for him. Unfortunately, since they lost the Champions League final, that's the one thing um, PSG want. It's what they they bankroll the club or the club are bankrolled. Um, from the Middle East for to be Champions League champions, and he couldn't deliver that. So he likes to play high, fast attacking football, um, exciting football. I think everybody saw what PSG did in in the current competition in the Champions League and what they've done over the time he's been there over the last eighteen months. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes next, whether he does go back to Germany or whether he tries his hand in the Premier League. I think there's a couple of clubs who would be quite interested in him. Manu, what about you? Do you see him uh, appearing in the Bundesliga again or possibly going abroad? Uh, I mean, he, he's a very talented coach. Very talented. I mean, his point average in, at PSG was 2.35, right, per game. Um, Dortmund 2.12, which I think is still the most of any BVB coach in history. And I, as Chris said, it's it's not Tuchel's abilities that have um, have caused the problems at any of the clubs he was at. Um, it was always the the personal problems he had with with the leadership and at PSG. I mean, real I have to say it, and you can't say it in any other way. Real classy from them to fire him on a Christmas Eve, but I guess that's just the kind of club that they are. But you know, it's um, it's also telling that he gets himself into situations like that. I mean, he won the DFB Pokal with Borussia Dortmund and essentially was fired forty eight hours later, right? And that's quite telling that clubs are willing to do these kind of things to him. And um, is he going to be back in the Bundesliga? I think both Chris and I would agree that his football and style of football would be perfect for Borussia Dortmund. Whether his personality is, is a different question. We all know he clashed frequently with Mats Hummels and other leaders of the, of the BVB squad. And that's, I think, something very difficult to overcome. And um, I think, you know, 
one club that I could sort of see maybe going for him at some point would be Hertha Berlin because of the project that they that they turn the time to undertake there. But his salary demands are going to be extreme. I personally think Chelsea, Chris, that's where I see him next. Well, yeah, they're not doing particularly well, are they? And there's some good German connections they've got there now. Um, and their expensive German arrivals haven't settled particularly well. I think that's probably down to the playing style more than anything. Um, Timo Werner's been asked to play uh, as a left winger, not his, necessarily his favourite role. Um, Kai Havertz is being used in a slightly less than normal Bayer Leverkusen way, certainly not being used as a second striker at times. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think he could fit in quite well at Chelsea, but then how long would he last? Because the expectations there are, are pretty much the same at PSG. It's win the title. I don't think they're close to doing that at the moment and win a Champions League. And I don't think Chelsea are close to doing that either. Um, he would need a period of time at Chelsea to to readjust, put his own stamp on it. I don't know if he'd get that, but you would think now, because of his salary demands, um, England would look the most likely destination because obviously even the, the smaller clubs, um, mid-table and below, are flooded with um, TV money. But Hertha Berlin's a great shout, Manu. I, I think he could do really well there because... We've always said that club just needs a spark to set it on fire, a little bit like Frankfurt, I suppose. So someone like Thomas Tuchel could go in and and regenerate that club. But I I would think it would be more likely um, he would go to England or he could surprise us all and and do something crazy like go to the Middle East for uh, a lot of money. Yeah, this is maybe my final point on Chelsea. When you think um, Hans-Joachim Watzke, Michael Zorc or... Leonardo at PSG are difficult people to work with um, or trying to head, <laughs> clash their heads with. Wait till he meets uh, Marina Granovskaya at Chelsea, right? I, th- I think that's a completely different personality. And I think Thomas Tuchel might have to work on on the way he presents himself to the board before he takes over a club like that. And Chris, I keep seeing in the papers or online that Julian Draxler, he could be on his way out of uh, Paris as well. That, is, is there any talk that he could return to the Bundesliga or where do you think he'll end up? Draxler is a tremendous player. Um, I mean, if you think Tuchel can be a little bit poor sometimes, let's remember how he got himself out of Wolfsburg by saying the best thing about it is a fast train ride to Berlin, which is technically sort of correct. But, you know, I've got a lot of love for Wolfsburg. But... I mean, there's a lot of places he could go. The, the way he plays, um, what he offers, I think he's a tremendous player. He can play in those central roles um, as an attacking midfielder. He can also play a little bit deeper. Um, obviously, a German international. I would like to see him back in the Bundesliga. I think he could fit in somewhere like Dortmund um, quite well. But I think if we're looking for who could take the title off Bayern, I'd really like to see him play under Peter Bosch. That's a great shout. Oh, wouldn't that be exciting? It is a great shout. And I do think that, that is, he is a player that Leverkusen are looking at. Um, but Chris, salary demands. He's on 600,000 euros a week at PSG. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes. Um, I mean, Julian Draxler is um, he's not exactly old, is he? He's only 27. I think he could probably think he's had a pretty good payday um, in Paris. And maybe now... He could come back to normal a bit um, if he was to go back into the Bundesliga. I think he would be tremendous for for any one of the top four or five teams. I could even think he would fit in somewhere like Gladbach as well. I think he's got a lot to offer 
maybe he's going to have to adjust that. He's won quite a lot um, in France. Um, you know, he's, he's got himself a Pokal title. Why can't he get himself a Meisterschaller as well? You know, there's a great example for that, actually. Um, a player that took a pay cut to come to the Bundesliga, and that's Axel Witzel, who was on tremendous money in the Chinese Super League, right? Came to Borussia Dortmund and was an instant success. And I think Julian Draxel might have to actually look at the Axel Witzel situation and say, look, <laughs> I'm essentially, I've made all the money in my career I can make with this contract. Uh, maybe it's time to actually do something with my career. And... Um, not always going to be defined as the eternal talent and actually become the star that we all thought he would become by by taking a pay cut, going to a club. I think Leverkusen is a great shout. Dortmund could be another great shout. And just, you know, make that step, take a bit of a pay cut, but resurrect the career. And I think that's where Julian, that's a decision that Julian Draxler is facing at the moment. Yeah, I think no matter where he falls in the Bundesliga, it's going to be exciting for us fans, isn't it? Now the breakaway for the paceman Gonzalez again. He's so quick, he's so hard to stop in front of goal deadly. It is a fabulous five for Stuttgart. Well, that was a rather appropriate clip, might I say, to lead us on to our next segment. We're going to talk about the winners and losers of the Bundesliga season so far. Uh, we've played 13 games and, well, Manu, let's hear it from you. Who do you think have been the best performers and, and well, the, the least performers? I, I think we could probably guess that one, to be honest. Let's start with the best, eh? Should I, shall we? And I think that both Chris and I can probably agree with this. And that's, for me, it's Union Berlin and uh, VfB Stuttgart. And I know Chris has a lot to say about Union Berlin, so I'm going to leave that to him. But I think what VfB Stuttgart have done coming into this into this season, a club that is one of those sleeping giants in German football, and have done it with bringing in a coach, an American coach, who has worked his way up through the lower reaches of... German football, right, came over as an amateur playing in Brooklyn. Um, Pellegrino Matarazzo has, for me, been outstanding. And I, mean, we, I was jokingly saying on the last podcast, why wasn't he in the selection if Marcelo Bielsa was for the best coach in, in the world, right? A bit of a joke, but I mean, his, his work has been tremendous. And what he has been doing with the Stuttgart side, we're now seventh um, as a promoted team, has been some of the best I've seen in the Bundesliga. It's just the style of football is great to watch. Lots of young players that he's integrated into the team. You can see a progression and improvement every single match day. And there's so much talk about Americans in Europe. And he almost always gets kind of forgotten and left aside because he didn't have that great playing career. But he might be the best American coach in the Bundesliga or maybe in Europe um, altogether. Maybe even better than Jesse Marsh. And for me, he's been one of the winners um, of this part of first part of the season. And Chris, what's your opinion? Who do you think the winners have been so far? Yeah, I mean, Stuttgart's a great shout, but Manu's already alluded to it. I'm going to go with uh, Union Berlin because I think they've been tremendous and not just this season, but last season as well. And it's been a journey that they've been on under Urs Fischer from when he took over way back at the start of the 18-19 season. Um, Union needed somebody to just take them to that next level. They previously finished roundabout sixth or seventh they got as high as fourth I think that was the the see the season we went to go and see them um and then they needed someone to just take them on and of course they got that got through via the playoffs I thought their first season was impressive um, 11th but this one is just even better uh, currently in sixth place um 
I do sometimes say that a European slot might be too much for a club, um, and especially a club like Union Berlin. I would actually like to see them play in the Europa League. I don't know if it would hamper them because nothing's really seen to hamper them since they've come through. But yeah, I mean, the start of this season has been great. They've wiped the floor with some teams, uh, Mainz and Bielefeld, of course. Um, and then they've gone and got some exceptional results. Draw with um, Bayern, of course. Then they drew with Stuttgart as well, a, a great match. And then, of course, they went and beat um, Borussia Dortmund. So yeah, for me, quite easily... Um, the team of the, of the half season is uh, Union Berlin. We should probably say that they have been in Europe before, Chris, as a second division side in 2001-2002 because they came second in the DFB Pokal. Oh, yeah, but what I mean is it would be nice to see them next season as well. I mean, I've said before, um, like Freiburg, for example, if they finish in six, which they did, and then they got knocked out the um, qualifiers, but it would be too much for them to balance that midweek and and um, weekend games. But I, I would like to see Union Berlin do that because I think maybe they could balance it because everything that's been thrown at them so far, they've handled with absolute ease. Promotion was, was a doddle. Um, this season, I had certainly expected them to get second season syndrome. That's not happened. In fact, they're even better. So why not next season? Just throw that curveball of European football at them. And we would hope, fingers crossed, that they could play in front of a full stadium next season in Europe. Um, I, I would really like to see them in it. Whether they get there or not, different matter. Frankfurt, Gladbach, Stuttgart as well, breathing down their neck. But um, yeah, I would like to see them. I'd like to see that red in Europe next season, the Europa League. You know, at that stadium, it is UEFA compliant. It would be just tremendous at the Alte Försterei to see European football under the lights. I mean, I think it would be some of the best experiences that you could probably have in Berlin in terms of football experiences. Because it, the Olympia starting with 75,000 seats, it's it was a little bit lost when I went there for European fixtures. But this stadium for the Europa League would be just absolutely perfect. It would. Can you imagine it? I know they'd lose a little bit. It's not the highest capacity stadium in, in, in the country, of course. And they would lose a little bit more of that because they'd have to convert those three sides into seats, which you know they do across Germany week in, week out. Places like Dortmund um, convert the yellow wall into a seated area. It, it isn't a drama. Um, so they would lose a little bit of capacity, but it will just be so no. I mean, it's so noisy anyway inside that stadium. I can imagine it on a on a UEFA night, and I know UEFA aren't particularly keen on um, pyrotechnics, but I mean that sh- uh, that stadium would be lit. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Uh, Manu went first last time, so I'm going to go back to you, uh, Chris, and we're going to talk about the losers of the Bundesliga so far. Uh, I-, I feel that there's going to be some obvious choices here, but if there's any less obvious, uh, let's have them. Well, Schalke will be the obvious one, so I'm not going to go there. Um, For me so far, I think domestically, um, the losers have been um, Borussia Mönchengladbach because of how far off the pace um, they've fallen. And that's purely down to having to balance um, midweek football in the Champions League, which they've done very well, of course, reached a round of 16. But where they are now, they're uh, in eighth place on 18 points. They're currently 10 points behind third place Leipzig. Um, it's going to be a real struggle for them to get back there. Even fourth place at the minute is 24. Um, They're going to have to hope that teams above them, and there are a lot of teams above them now, Stuttgart, um, Union Berlin, Borussia Dortmund, 
they're going to have to hope that those sides slip up in order for them to be able to fight whoever's in fourth. Currently, it's Wolfsburg, whether they stay there or not, it's a different matter. But for me, uh, I think domestically, they've they've been one of the losers because this Champions League run is great um, and it's fantastic to see them on it. But at what cost? Because at the minute, they don't look like qualifying for next season's Champions League or even next season's Europa League. And unfortunately, you don't keep your best players like that. No. And Manu, let's hear your losers then when it comes to the season so far. I love how Chris dodged and um, didn't choose Borussia Dortmund or Schalke. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go with Hertha Berlin. Um, 13 games played, 13 points, considering the amount of money that was invested. That's probably not good enough and uh, Bruno Labbadia looks like a coach who could be under fire much you know it surprises me that he is actually under fire because I thought he was a perfect choice and he has some work to do I mean we're not quite at the halfway mark yet right because of COVID the, the schedule is all a little bit moved back but he has to get start getting points on the board because 13 points is just not good enough right now so I put him into that that loser category Another one is Köln for me. Mar- Markus Gisdor looked so promising when he first came in, but he always has a very strong start for whichever club he starts working at. Always a strong start, and then it just kind of fizzles out. So for me, Hertha and Köln, you know, aside from the obvious ones, the biggest losers early on. Yeah, well, let's uh, move on. Let's talk a, a little bit of trans- potential transfer news, I'll say. I'll correct myself. Uh, we talked about Stuttgart having a very positive season so far. Uh, Manu, there's a certain youngster at Arsenal that might be heading to Stuttgart. What can you tell us about this? So, yeah, I, I put this in. I'll put this on our our topics for today because, you know, in Florian Balogun and um, we have a lot of listeners in the United States and I know he's, his name is getting a lot of traction in the United States because and he he has a U.S. passport and he has played for the U18. I know he's also played for the England, England setup, so he still has a choice to make of where, he's, where he could potentially go. Um, I know he's out of contract at the end of the season and he has had some good performances playing for Arsenal. Um, in the in the Europa League, has featured in the DFL Trophy in the DFL Cup, right? Um, name that's been coming up more and more. And Stuttgart Stuttgart have reached out to him and would like to sign him maybe as early as this winter, potentially next summer on a free transfer. But now um, the moment I looked all of this up and read up on this, and um, you know, I'm officially on holiday at Transfermarkt, so little bit out of touch because Chris just shot on shot in a message into our chat and saying well Liverpool want him so yeah I hand this over to Chris with his opinion on this player well I mean he's uh, he's he's wanted because of course he's free um in the summer and that's the best bit of business for any club would he go to Liverpool I'm not sure whether he would go. There's plenty of media reports in the last 24 hours as we record this on the 29th of December to say that Liverpool are interested in him. But I think players of this type, um, and when I mean that, I mean young players who aren't getting the minutes that they want, he will be leaving Arsenal to go to a side where he will potentially get even less minutes because he's been tipped for greatness, but he's certainly not going to oust... Firmino or Salah or Mane or um, Jota when he gets back. Um, so he would be way beyond um, the pecking order. So maybe a move to the Bundesliga would be good for him because he would get more guaranteed minutes. I think we know 
Um, that is a, a good path now for any youngster, be them British, English, Scottish, um, French, or from any of the continents um, on earth. They know they're going to get playing time there. So um, it's going to be interesting and one to keep out. But yeah, in the last 24 hours, as we record this, there's been a lot of noise about Liverpool. But as man will know, um, you put Liverpool into reports and your articles get some good traffic. So who knows? Well, that's that's true. I mean, Liverpool does guarantee you clicks. I'm not saying that does mean that the story isn't true, but I, I think when you look at the success that young English players or young American players, whichever category we're going to put them in, or maybe even Nigeria, I think he's eligible to play for Nigeria as well, right? He still has a lot of options. Stuttgart are looking to maybe move on Nicolas Gonzalez. Um, there's been a lot of offers for him and they could make a lot of money, so they they're thinking of maybe replacing him with, you know, replacing Balog- replacing Gonzalez with Balogun. And I think that, you know, would be instant playing time in one of Europe's best leagues at, at a side that is tracking towards Europe. So it will be interesting to follow that one. Um, and really curious where he ends up. He looks like a fantastic prospect. I'm really curious how his career is going overall. He could just end up staying at Arsenal, of course, because Arteta would like to keep him. But then who knows how long Arteta's going to be at the club. It's, it's, everything's a bit wait and see. Yeah, Arsenal is a really funny one because, I mean, I, as I said, I've been on holiday officially. But the one thing that I did see um, in the news was that Arsenal now have a contingency plan in case they get relegated. So um, that doesn't sound like it's going very well for Arteta at the club. And I, I, I you know, if you, you know Stuttgart have long-term plans, um, they're a club that very that seems to be on a very good track at the moment. I mean, same can be said for Liverpool, of course. So I don't know if Arsenal are really leading the race at the moment. Right, guys. Well, this brings us on to our final segment, and that's the Twitter questions. So, Manu, we'll go to you with the first one. Uh, Scott comes in here with uh, quite a loaded question, if being honest, and some of it we've touched on. Scott York asks, firstly, are Schalke finished? Secondly, will Dortmund rebound? And thirdly, does Bayern run away again? Okay. uh, First, yes, I think Schalke are finished. Uh, I think that the, the for the obvious reason for anything that we've said on this podcast, I do think that the problems are insurmountable. Um, Christian Groß is coming in and having to fix things that are beyond his control. And I think that they are potentially finished and that they're probably going to go down. Um, second question, will Dortmund rebound? I sure hope so. I saw reports today that Erling Haaland is fit to play on the first match day after the winter break. That's fantastic news for them. Eden Terzic still has to prove that he can coach at this level. That's, I think, the, the one thing to look out for. And he's going to get some times. I think they, the Bundesliga in January, the, the transfer window is open. Um, expect changes to happen at many clubs throughout January, many clubs that are struggling. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they judge him over the next four or five games and then see whether he is the right person to, to get the job done. Will Bayern run away with it again? I do think that Bayern are favorites to win the title. They always are. They're one of Europe's best clubs or maybe the best club in the world right now, right? Um, So they are the favorites to win it. Will they dominate and run away with it? I'm not so sure. I do think that Leipzig and Leverkusen can actually mount a pretty, you know, successful campaign this year. And Leverkusen looked good in, in bits and parts against Bayern. And they really threw that game away 
own their own individual mistakes. And that's really what it will come down to, to any team chasing Bayern this year, is that they will have to limit their individual mistakes. Because I think Bayern will make mistakes, given the, the amount, the heavy schedule that they are facing for, for the rest of the campaign. So, Chris, we're going to move to you next. Uh, Mike from Victoria asks, with Tuchel being sacked from PSG recently and Terzic being the interim at Borussia Dortmund, any chance Tuchel is in the discussion now or is Rosa the lead candidate still? Ooh, I mean, it's a good question, uh, Mike, but I mean, I could wax lyrical ages as a response, but um, will Tuchel be any chance he could be in the discussion? No. Um, is Rosa the lead candidate still? Yes, that, that's all I can tell you, I'm afraid. I would be shocked if Thomas Tuchel went back there. That would need a bridge to be rebuilt from scratch um, because I think it was burnt quite spectacularly on both sides. Um, so that bridge doesn't even exist anymore. It'd have to be rebuilt. I'd be shocked if he went back. But, you know, it's 2020. Yes, who can really tell? Well, that does it for today and that does it for this year. Thank you very much for tuning in all year long. We'll be back in just under a week uh, when the first game of 2021 um, has been and gone. So I've been your host, Bryce Dunn of Feeders In. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.